following podcast is scheduled for one fall. Hailing from the Pro Wrestling Tees headquarters in Chicago, Illinois, they are your hosts of the PWT cast, Scrub and Stank! Bang, bang, what is up, you guys? Welcome to episode 55 of the PWT cast. My name is Scrum. And this is Stank. And we bring this podcast to you every Monday. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at PWT cast. You can find us wherever you get your podcast from. David, how are you doing on this wonderful Sunday? Oh, man, I'm looking outside. It's uh, blue skies, not too cold, not too hot. I mean, this whole weekend's been pretty great, to be honest with you. How about you? Uh, this whole weekend uh, so far, yeah, it's, it's been pretty sweet. Uh, not as sweet as the ice cream that we now have available uh, over at the shop because Ryan Barkin, owner of Pro Wrestling Tees, decided uh, I'm going to get my guys an ice cream machine, soft serve ice cream machine. For any of you guys who heard the uh, Jericho Cruise episode, wh- which, again, if this is your first time listening, when you're done with this episode, go back and listen to the Jericho Cruise episode because so many shenanigans on that boat uh the way i always tell people about it is it starts out with a story of an unsolved murder and it ends with david and myself uh saving someone from dying but on that cruise the one thing that everyone was obsessed with was soft serve ice cream uh i myself uh lactose and toddler ants so i i can't consume as much ice cream as i would uh have it when i was younger but man have have people really been enjoying that soft serve ice cream machine well i'll tell you i came in uh so i came in on thursday i guess they got it like the the day before and here's the thing there's been like a whole saga with this ice cream we we had the jericho cruise and then we had a company barbecue and frank was really trying to rent a soft serve ice cream machine just you know mostly for the last because but also because it'd be real awesome and it was just so expensive. And then out of the blue, Ryan buys a machine. And like the, the next day, I go in there, and me and Frank and stupid Michael, we sat there and we had an ice cream social for like a half hour, just grabbing cones and just sitting and just enjoying a sweet treat on a hot day. It was uh, it was awesome. And Ryan bought like five flavors, apparently. We, we've been eating chocolate so far, but there's so much more to go. Yeah, I know for the, for the people in the shop who – love free stuff and love themselves a handout uh they have been living it up just going in there getting free ice cream uh like i mentioned myself i can't consume as much ice cream as i once was able to but i've definitely enjoyed a or three uh uh really quick up front i wanted to uh a story that's not so sweet uh last week after we finished recording unfortunately uh the late uh kamala passed away and yeah. very unfortunate i myself i wasn't around for for much of kamala the the one thing i do remember about kamala was him wrestling umaga um and like a sort of passing of the torch kind of thing on i believe it was like an episode of raw um but yeah you know unfortunately our deepest condolences to him and his family if you want to help support them in any way head over to prowrestlingtees.com you know buy any of kamala's merchandise that money goes directly to the family and i believe there is a gofundme set up as well i know chris jericho donated uh a very generous amount you know chris jericho being the awesome person that he is but uh, Dave, do you have any specific? I know because you were watching more so when Gang- when uh, Kamala was around. Are there any specific memories of Kamala that you have? Yeah, when I was younger, um, and actually, we kind of touch on 
my era of wrestling in this episode with our guest. But um, like I grew up in the 80s watching wrestling, uh, you know, when there was WWF superstars on Saturday and like Kamala would always be on there. And one, you know, when you're that young, you, you really believe all the gimmicks. And I was like, holy shit, how do they get this guy out of the out of the deep jungles of Uganda? And he's so good at wrestling. And like he's always been like a lot of people have problems with the character, but he loved it. Uh, it got him famous. Um, and like there was even stuff about Kamala. I didn't know. Like when I first got um, the WWE Network, literally the, the very first match I watched on there because I was looking up archives was Hulk Hogan versus Kamala. I didn't know that they wrestled each other. And uh, it was just, he lived a, a very colorful life. Um, he's pretty, he was pretty important uh, to pro wrestling tees. We've got a micro brawler of him. We've got him on our wall of fame with, with autographs. Um, we all love him here. And it was just really sad to see him uh, pass away. But um, he was having some health complications over the years. And at least he's not in any pain and suffering anymore. But um, no, I mean, Kamala will always be fondly remembered. And I think the plan is we're going to continue his legacy with his merch store so that his family can, you know, uh, one, uh, get some get some money to help with the bills, but also to honor his legacy going forward. And uh, yeah, it sucks. Like literally right after we finished recording, we found out we we're like, oh, no, we but um, it was already kind of half in the can by the time we heard. So, yeah, which is always it's it's an unfortunate thing for us not in the sense of like oh no we're not gonna be able to break this news nothing like that more so just because we like to we like to honor those who've passed we like to remember them and hey if you if again like dave mentioned if if you can go over pro wrestling tees and and purchase a kamala t-shirt every little bit helps Uh, again the the beauty in pro wrestling tees is that when these wrestlers unfortunately pass uh we're away so that these families of these wrestlers are still able to make a buck or two and there's so many people out there that are saying so many positive things about kamala which is always a great thing it's always a great thing when a wrestler passes and you have everyone banding together to to say positive and uplifting things about them because in the world of wrestling there's a lot of not so uh wonderful people so anytime that we get to to highlight someone that is wonderful and and was positive and left a lot of positive memories with people that's always great uh speaking of those who have passed unfortunately uh over i mentioned it to you over the weekend i uh i was on twitter very late at night this was friday night i believe because uh your boy has a messed up sleeping schedule so I got home from work probably like eight. No, yeah, probably around like eight. Knocked out, woke up at like four in the morning. And I'm like, oh, kind of like half asleep, half groggy. I don't know if any of you guys do this. You wake up and you're just like, oh, I'm so sleepy, but I might as well just check all my social media really quick and see what I missed. Um, the one thing that I was, I was just like scrolling and scrolling and I came upon, uh, the people were being canceled dave someone was being canceled and i was just like oh no like because again with 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 the way things are now people are very quick to to just run out there and quote unquote cancel someone sometimes it's definitely so you know i'm I'm not going to discredit people that 
uh, are do are monsters and do really shitty things because those people should be canceled. They should be called out on their shit. Yeah. Uh, this person, unfortunately, though, um, was uh, Genghis Khan. Uh, look, I believe. <laughs> yeah, I I believe the context behind it was uh, there was some woman who was saying who was trying to like defend who was very islamic phobic and it kind of getting the attention away from that was trying to put it onto genghis khan yeah uh, the Mongol. yeah for those of you unaware <laughs> genghis khan you know uh famously in bill and ted's uh i think one or two again kind of what we were talking about in the interview he's in one of the bill and ted's uh rule the mongol empire i believe everyone has a little bit of uh mongolian in them because uh that was the impact that he made he was a monster he for all intents and purposes was a monster and just destroyed all of asia you know this man came he saw he conquered but this person tried to pass off their islamophobia by kind of like throwing it onto Genghis Khan. And uh, my favorite part of all this uh, was the tweets. <laughs> because people reacted and like, man, did they have some fucking awesome tweets. Uh, I just want to share some real quick. Um, obviously, in jest is what people, you know, were saying. But one of them was, uh, everyone better erase their old tweets supporting the Mongol Empire. Uh <laughs> My favorite, Genghis Khan is living rent-free in 16 million people's genes. Because, again, if if you know anything about Genghis Khan, most of us have a little bit of Genghis Khan in us. Uh, someone else was like, geez, if people are canceling Genghis Khan now, just wait until they hear about the guy who made half of the universe disappear. With, with a picture of Thanos, friend of the show, Thanos. Uh, yeah. Another one was, if you're still financially supporting uh, or even following Genghis Khan, unfollow me now. Uh, and the last one was like, motherfucker's been dead for over 800 years. What do you want Genghis Khan to do? Make a YouTube apology? Uh, which again, just people are allowed to get angry and people are allowed to, uh, you know, want to cancel those who have, uh, don't have the brightest spot in history. But I think it's a difference when you're just like, uh, yo, fuck Christopher Columbus. The guy was a giant piece of shit. Uh, he did very terrible, terrible things, and we should not be glorifying someone like that. Uh, and then being called out on your uh, own racism and trying to say, yeah, well, Genghis Khan was also real shitty because uh, I don't see any like Genghis Khan statues or. Well, the main difference is we're not celebrating Genghis Khan. I mean, he's he's notoriously evil, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Yes, yeah. very much so. But it was just, it was very random. Uh, yeah. Another very random thing that, that happened yesterday was uh, I was doing laundry and yeah. I was like, ah, okay. I'm like, I have about two hours to kill. Let me, uh, let me, let me watch something new, something that I haven't watched because as we kind of get into it in this week's interview, we keep teasing, just keep, just keep teasing them. Uh, there's things that oftentimes I'll get bored and just rewatch, but. I was like, you know, I want to watch something new. And I saw that There Will Be Blood was on Netflix. Uh, Daniel Day-Lewis, amazing actor, at least in the things that I've seen him in. But I haven't seen him in in too many things. So I was like, you know what? Let me watch There Will Be Blood. Uh, I've always heard people talk about how awesome it is. 
it's, it's, it's a heavy movie or hefty movie. It's about like two and a half hours. So I sit there, I watch it all. And then was like, what the fuck did I just watch by the time it ended? Because uh, for the most part, it's just an oil tycoon, just kind of his his little empire, much like the Mongo Empire, kind of grows and he starts taking over. And I don't know, man, this like re- weird religious kid just gives him a yeah. bunch of shit. And I don't know, like, what are what are your feelings on There Will Be Blood? Um. Well... The moments when like Daniel Day Lewis are on the screen, he's very intense. Now, like famously, or not so famously, but like I love Last of the Mohicans because of Daniel Day Lewis. This guy is like an acting chameleon. He's similar to like Gary Oldman, where he can just shed himself and put on a new extreme character. Um, One of my favorite scenes is probably everyone's favorite scene from the movie is the milkshake scene yeah. where he's in the alley with that kid. He's like, I drink it up and, uh, just goes nuts. Um, it's not a very rewatchable movie. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you probably won't be rewatching it again, but, uh, that's all right. Yeah. It was uh, like you mentioned, not, not something I'm going to run out to, to rewatch, but definitely like, it's an it is an experience. He's he's definitely a good actor, but I I kind of needed to cleanse my palate after that. So I started to rewatch season one of Umbrella Academy, uh, because oh. I in fact have finished season two now. Um, now for all of, for all you guys out there who who have not watched uh, season two of the Umbrella Academy, uh, Ryan Mears. I'm not sure how far you are in it. I I saw you were uh, binge watching it yourself. So go ahead and skip forward two minutes uh we're gonna get a little spoiler we're gonna talk a little umbrella academy so literally go ahead and uh fast forward two minutes if if you have it aren't caught up with the show so that nothing gets spoiled for you uh five four three two one dave the fucking sparrow academy oh man so i listen i've i've read watched enough things as it pertains to time travel to know that Diego royally fucked up that timeline. Like yeah. he, the, when I saw him talking to uh, grace was her name, I believe when I saw him talking to grace and he kept just fucking, it's like, oh, no, like you're not supposed to, you're not supposed to yeah. do anything. But, uh, I, I really enjoyed this season. I, I loved season one. Uh, this season was awesome. I, I there was I felt the the Vanya storyline kind of dragged at times. Um, I I get why though they had to why why they had to do it. You know, it very much feels like Harlan will be a, a bigger character in in season yeah. three. You know, like they didn't, especially with him kind of keeping those powers towards the end. But yeah, uh, how how did you enjoy the season? Uh, I thought it was great. It, it had a lot of it had a lot of social commentary that's pretty relevant to today without being like heavy handed. So, uh, oh, I can't remember her name. Oh, like having Allison, uh, come back and then she's looking for help. And then she walks into a diner and then realizing she's in the sixties and the owner's like, get out. We don't serve your kind stuff like that is, uh, 
pretty crazy. And then, you know, you have Klaus trying to meet up with David again and tell him, don't go to war. And then you, you have all the stuff of like this kid's closeted and clearly his uncle's closeted. Um, and in that time, you know, a lot of people either were secretly gay or they were outwardly anti-gay to cover it, you know? And so this is kind of what you saw. Hey, you're going to be macho. You're not going to be a sissy. And so, um, seeing a lot of like Klaus's stuff, him falling off the wagon because of his grief. Um, these are all real, real issues that you can see in a very, you know, whimsical superhero story. But, um, no, I, I thought it was, I thought it was great. Um, I was a little hesitant cause like, the first season seemed so perfect to me, but like the second season has been, it was really good. And also like, yeah, clearly in order to stop the apocalypse, they had to affect, they had to interact with their past selves, like with the old number five and then kicking them through the thing. So it's going to be cool to see how they revisit the events of, or the timeline events of episode or season one now that an old five came through you know what i mean yeah i'm i'm very much looking forward to to what exactly happens well we'll end the spoiler talk there for for any of you guys who who fast forwarded but i mean season two leaves things on such a cliffhanger such a such a bummer that two to three years until we get uh a season a season three just based on everything that's going on right now with uh you know with the coronavirus and hollywood just not being able to to do anything uh fortunately for us though people that make uh their own content via youtube and stuff uh they'll still be putting out content which brings us directly to to this week's episode uh which by the way this week's episode is brought to you by the sponsors of the show we have the official sponsor of the pwt cast freelance wrestling uh, go over to IWTV. They've put up a bunch of old freelance uh, and freelance underground stuff that you can go back and rewatch. Uh, M3 Toys. If you go on their website, use the promo code PWTCast, you get 10% off anything in stock or pre order. They have a ton of uh, Edward Scissorhand stuff that just came in that looks pretty cool. I might have to pick one up myself. And then last but not least, uh, we have the Cryptic Closet. Use promo code um PWTCast, you get 20% off anything uh, in stock over there. And Listen, if you're wondering to yourself, I, I think I need a new fanny pack. Uh, my old fanny pack, is it's fine, but it's more of a dad fanny pack. I need something cool. I need something hip. Uh, head over to the Cryptic Clouds and you can get yourself a Fanny DeVito. And uh, yes, if, if you are wondering, is that what I think it is? 100%. Uh, the home, the only place you can get yourself a Danny DeVito fanny pack is uh, crypticcloset.com. Use promo code PWTCAST and get 20% off that, along with any of the wonderful horror pun t-shirts that they have over there. Uh, but this week, we speak to our buddy over at uh, Sci-Fi, Juan Cadavid. Uh, really fun interview. Like, Yeah, cool I, dude. I, very cool dude. He's very much someone that we have no connections to i i saw this guy on youtube i saw through context clues that he was a wrestling fan and i just, i reached out to him i was just like you know hey you know my name's alberto blah 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 like would you want to be on the podcast and he agreed to it and man was it a fun interview and if we very much only just scratched the surface yeah this guy is like a, a well of 
pop culture knowledge and uh, his likes and interests seem very aligned with ours. And so as we were doing this, like whenever we have an interview, especially with someone we're not super familiar with, we always wonder like, how good is this going to go? So far, I think every single person that we've interviewed has been great. But like this guy, especially like, we kept looking at each other while we were recording. We're like, we got to do another episode. Cause like, I, I think you mentioned right off the bat, we'll do 20, 30 minutes. It was like an hour mm-hmm. and we didn't even scratch the surface. So yeah, even, even afterwards when we finished recording with him, we, the three of us kind of still talked for maybe like another 20 minutes. And yeah. afterwards he and I were kind of, you know, DMing back and forth and definitely someone we're going to have back on again. Uh, because as you'll hear in the episode, only scratch the surface of, of things we can talk about. Uh, very fun interview. Let's go ahead and get right into it. Stank, there's two things I tend to do nights when I'm trying to go to sleep because I got to be up early for work. And it's not that. It's not <laughs> one of the... It's a PG show. It's a P, this is a family show, you guys, so don't, don't think it's that. Uh, I'm either one up rewatching Digimon the movie because it's on YouTube and they haven't taken it down. So I'm going to rewatch it until they do take it down. Uh, and the second is I, I like looking up videos, just facts mm-hmm. on, on TV shows, whether it's animated shows or like older TV shows, because then I can go into work the next day and I'm like, hey, did you know? And, you know, tell these facts and people are like, wow, I didn't know that. You're so learned. It's, it's like listening to Joe Rogan. Yeah. You know, Joe Rogan says these wonderful facts and I go into work the next day. I'm like, yeah. Did you know uh, this, that, and the other? And they're like, wow, you're really smart. And I'm like, just listen to a lot of podcasts. Yeah. Uh, but there's a specific series of videos that I like to watch. Uh, it's I, God knows how I came upon them. You know, YouTube's algorithm, I have no idea how it works. You went down the rabbit hole. Went down the rabbit hole. And I specifically remember it was a video, everything you didn't know about Spider-Man, the animated series. And I, I love Spider-Man, the animated series. Mm-hmm. It's a 90s kid. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh, man, it's so cool watch that and i'm like well they have more of these so let me watch them let me watch them and then it soon became to the point where someone at work would be like oh man yeah do you remember the beetleborgs i'm like yeah you want to watch this 20 minute video on the beetleborgs or hey you like uh, men in black right let me send you this 20 minute on uh, the men in black animated tv show and a lot of times this channel reminds me of shows that i completely forgot existed mm-hmm like Godzilla, the animated series. Uh, and in one of the videos, the specific person we have on this week, I saw him wearing an ECW t-shirt. Oh. So I was like, hell yeah, this guy for sure likes wrestling because that's a deep cut t-shirt, you know? Yeah. It's not your John Cena or Stone Cold Steve that's Austin shirt. That's you pick shirt. up at Walmart. No, no, no. And then looking through his social media, I was like, man, this guy, this guy's probably just as big of a nerd as we are. And turns out that he is. And so I reached out to him in hopes that like, Listen, when he's not doing all these shows for sci-fi, maybe he'll have a, you know, 20, 30 minutes for this little old podcast that we host. Uh, but ladies and gentlemen, I'm happy to introduce this week's guest, Juan Cadavid. Juan, how you doing? Yeah. What's going on, guys? Thank you so much for having me, man. That was that was such a great way for me to learn that you found the series because I, I always genuinely wonder how people find them. And you are absolutely right. YouTube algorithm for sure, because mm-hmm. <laughs> you just mentioned you're a nerd. So I'm glad the algorithms are doing what they're supposed to do. Well, that's the the thing too with YouTube is like that. Yeah, again, like we mentioned, you know, hey, this week's show brought to you by YouTube. Yeah. Uh, but like it'll just pop up where it's like, hey, do you want to watch this cool video? And most of the time you're just like, no, that's stupid. I want to watch that. But every now and then you're like, yeah, 
I will watch that video. And I think that is just how most people like discovered, you know, different channels and things because it's it's almost like you can just straight up, you know, Spider Man facts or mm-hmm. uh you know, what happened just random random things into YouTube and it'll pull it up. And mm-hmm. I don't know if it's just like those keywords that's like, oh no, watch this instead. And like with the whole a lot of the stuff on sci fi on like the YouTube channel, I was just like, Oh man, like this is all fucking awesome because it's also one of those things kind of with like wrestling where there's if you like there's so much of it that you often don't know where to like jump in like it it happens a lot of times when people like ask me like hey which i want to start reading comic books where should i start and it's like that's a very nebulous question yeah like oh man it's like big time yeah i'm like i don't know um but i kind of just you know for for the people who haven't watched the videos why don't you explain uh you know the everything you didn't know channel specifically and what you do with that um with those videos yeah yeah for sure so um everything you know is a series on uh, the sci-fi wire youtube channel which is like the kind of more digital brand of the channel sci-fi on tv and basically the series everything you know we basically go back to like retro cartoons tv shows movies and just tell you everything there is to know about that specific um show or movie for that episode so for example the last the last episode we put out was last week was bill and ted's excellent adventure which was the the cartoon because the movies are coming out within the next two months. So I thought, you know what, let's go back. But instead of doing the movies that probably have been covered by every YouTube channel that exists, let's do the cartoon. Because I haven't seen a ton of people cover that. And that's kind of like the niche of the show where, you know, we, we take a look at like what cartoons aren't basically like the big name cartoons that everybody remembers. We kind of, I mean, we do those, but we I like to look to the deeper ones because those are the ones that unlock these things in your brain when like either you hear the intro or you see a scene or you just see like the intro like title card and basically once you know we choose what we're going to do we go like you know the writer i'm the producer and also host um we go deep into like all right we need to hit on you know who does the voices who wrote the episodes who directed you know what are some like crazy facts about when they were making the actual show and why it got canceled you know why it got extended um and as big a nerd and fan I am, because I did watch so much TV growing up, it's insane. I find learning new things every single time, and like that's the best part. Because like like you were saying, like you go into your job and you're just like, oh, did you know about this and that, dude? I go into like friend conversations or like whatever, and I'm just like, hey, did you know that you know the reason Godzilla, you know the the cartoon did well was because you know Taco Bell, you know what I mean? Like you just come out of, like nowhere just because you learn that stuff and also when you're a kid you don't a we didn't have google back then so we couldn't research our favorite shows so it's like you're revisiting but then you're learning so much more that was going on behind the scenes that you would have never thought was actually going on and you would have never knew because you know it just didn't exist back then um i feel it also touches on like nostalgia because yeah that that's been a big thing a big thing that i've just been talking about for the last few weeks uh is how i've fallen down this rabbit hole of digimon where I I found out they like read the same animation studio redid them but with like different animation most of the same voice people and I was like oh let me let me just watch one of these and it just it led down to it led me down a rabbit hole of I'm like buying the Funko Pops buying whatever toys I can get my hand on because they didn't make a lot of them but I feel with a lot of the videos you guys put out it's like 
oh shit there there was a beetlejuice tv show right let me think about it and then you bring it up to your friends they're like street shark oh yeah that that was a thing so i think it very much touches on that because i i feel with where we're at right now uh, you know it was for a while it was like oh just the 80s kids that they're kind mm-hmm. of like oh hey come over here we're we're remaking this and here's some cool stuff for that but now it's a lot of like 90s kids where they're just like oh hey now you now you guys make real money like you know you, you can stop bothering <laughs> your parents to to buy all this but it's 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 very cool and like you mentioned it is a lot of things that we didn't know as kids because I mean, how many TV shows as a, as a kid were you watching and and just like uh, I mean, a lot of the time for me they would just stop airing and it's just like oh, it's done. Okay, yeah. I I guess it's done. Yeah, move, move on to the next one. Yeah, yeah, because a lot of times that's what it was. It wasn't this whole big you know oh uh, you know Bill and Ted's uh, the cartoon is going to be canceled, but in its place here's this other cooler one. It was just oh now there's something else in its time slot. So that's very interesting. One of the things I just kind of like wondered was how do you go about picking the videos like is there some sort of committee or are you just like this week we're talking about uh uh street sharks yeah so uh, so i kind of I, I usually plot out what i'm what we're gonna cover before every quarter of the year so basically uh two weeks ago we plotted out the rest of the year right and usually how i do it is a i look a lot of the comments on each video because people like to be like oh man like you should do this one you should do this one. People hit me up on Twitter. People DM me on Instagram. I'm like, oh, man, do you by any chance remember this one cartoon? And and then I'll be like, oh, shit, I do remember that. And then, you know, I'll research it a little bit, you know, initially and be like, you know what? This has a lot of interesting parts to it. Maybe we could do this one, you know, on this month because it's like a more monster-centric show. And that'll fit in October because of the Halloween stuff going on, you know, that whole month. Or – you know, things like the, the, the Bill and Ted release, like, yo, this movie's coming out in August or September. So we need to hit that sweet spot and come out with, you know, and release this episode of Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventures to kind of, A, get the buzz of the movie and, you know, the Bill and Ted SEO and on the Internet. But also, you know, everyone's talking about it. Right. So it's it's it's, it's a lot of those things kind of mushed together. And then I take those to like our content directors and be like, hey, this is what I'm thinking. I'm thinking, you know cartoon here you know live action show here this one i'm thinking because of this movie release right here this one i'm thinking because people have been asking for it since like march so basically that's how we pick sometimes randomly when you know we'll kind of call an audible where um you know like freakazoid we did a couple maybe a month or two back and we did a i did a one-off episode for 420 about just (laughs) cartoons that um because i i always you know as an adult, it's crazy because, like, as you grow up, you kind of start thinking about things differently that you did as a kid. So, like, as I grow up and start going back to these things, I'm just like, yo, there's no way somebody came up with Thundercats <laughs> sober. Like, there's just no way. Like, there's no way a normal person just said, yo, we humanoid cats in another planet and the dude has a sword and he calls the rest of them with, like, this, like, bat signal kind of thing. And, you know, like, so I always thought, like, yo, there, there's, like, specific shows that there's no way this person wasn't high when they made this. Even if they're all in a room creating the show, they had to have been all just, like, just smoking joints, like, left and right. So I was like, for 420, I'm going to put out this list of, like, you know, 10 shows that they had to have been high when they made them, right? And one of those shows that I put in there was Freakazoid because Freakazoid is just, like, if you guys ever seen it, you'll attest, like, it's the most insane, bonkers, like, random show with, you know, random jokes, random gags. And 
it got a really good um, reaction, right? Like people are like, oh, I love Freakazoid. Freakazoid's great. You should do the whole episode on Freakazoid. So I saw enough of those. And then one of our writers was like, dude, I'm a big fan of Freakazoid. I'm like, all right, cool. You know what? People want it. And you're a fan. Let's do it. Let's, you know, let's put it together and put that episode. And then we just push back whatever we had. So, you know, once in a while, we'll, you know, we'll kind of strike while the iron's hot because of something specific. But that's usually, you know, how it goes. Um, what, that, you know, when it goes to picking episodes. So when you do your research through the YouTube comments uh, and people are like, hey, pick this show, do this show, um, do you find like uh, more 80s kids commenting on it or 90s kids? Or is it a good even mixture of both? Because I would consider myself an 80s kid. Um, but like like Berto said, like I'm definitely seeing like a resurgence of all the 90s stuff coming out. And like, let's be honest, all the 80s kids have had, what, like three decades worth of stuff where we've got all our... Uh, you know, our nostalgia kick, but, uh, I'm always interested, like, what do you see in more of eighties or nineties? So it's interesting, right? When I, um, when I first came to sci-fi it was like about three years ago and this series like in its infant stages and before it was given to me, you know, to produce, I used to edit, produce them, right? I, mean, I used to do everything. Um, but before it was given to me, the, the eighties was like really popping, right? In a zeitgeist. And then as we went along and we did Thundercats and Silverhawks and all that stuff was really popping off. But then, so we were like, all right, cool. Let, let's keep hitting that '80s. You know, we did, um, we did Mask, right? Mm-hmm. We, uh, we went, and then it kind of started to dip a little bit. And we're like, oh, that's interesting. Like these shows did well, but then they're starting to dip on these. And then I was like, you know, you know what? Let me go into '90s and see how it does. And then we did, um, I remember we did Batman Beyond, and Batman Beyond blew up. And I was like, oh shit, okay. All right, so Batman Beyond blew up. So like, you know, one one of the the parts of like making these these videos on YouTube is you have to like look at the data and see like where basically the the bumps are going, right? So like they were bumping on the 80s and then you have to look at it where it's like, "All right, did that bump because it was ThunderCats and it's a big, you know, relatively pretty big name or because it's an 80s cartoon?" So then you go to the next one and you're like, all right, this one didn't bump, but that's because Mask isn't as big as Thundercats. So it's a lot of trial and error. So to answer your question, like we ride the wave and then we found the sweet spot that it just seems like 90s is where everyone's at. I'm I'm, I'm weird because I was born in 83 Mm -hmm. and and I came to the U.S. in 88. So most of the TV I got was either American and Spanish, but old. So like I was watching Thundercats and like you know, 86, but like, it was kind of old here already. Right. Right. And when then, when I came to the U S and I started watching cartoons, I was like, you know, in the present. So I kind of have like the best of both worlds where I remember fondly transformers, Thundercats, Silverhawks, mass GI Joe, but then Spider-Man, X-Men, the animated series, you know, Batman beyond those also hold as much weight, if not more, cause I was a little older. So nineties right now is what pops off the most. Um, we've talked about maybe experimenting going back once in a while to dip our toes into eighties again. Um, but it has to be like a special, um, circumstance where we feel like, you know, I, I've been looking, do you guys remember there was an old cartoon eighties called brave star? Do you remember that? Yeah. I know. Cool. So like, yeah, so it's like this, it's like about this native American cowboy sheriff. Right. And that's one that's been requested a lot, but it was mostly requested in like the more 80 cartoon episodes we did. Right. Mm-hmm. In on the mask in the in the Thundercats. And I've always kept it in my back pocket because once Batman Beyond popped off, Spider-Man, like you mentioned, you know, put you on. And those have done so well. And we've been riding that wave ever since of like mid 90s. We've we've dipped our toes in like late 80s. And, you know, some have done better than others. 
but you know, I, I'm like, man, now that we're riding this '90s wave and it's doing really, really well, and we're getting a lot of pickup. But maybe we do go back to Brave's Heart to see if there is still an appetite for those late '80s, you know, a little bit more niche shows, right? Um, so, I, I think we will go back at some point. Um, but right now, like to answer your question, come back full circle after that long ass answer. Um, '90s right now is like where it's at, where it's popping off the most, and where the most of the requests we get are more '90s central cartoons have there been any like cartoons that you've approached your bosses like hey i want to do this one and they just shoot you down they're like no i mean like i I, personally i I can't think of anything you would but is there anything that's been shot down to you or is it pretty much just like okay cool yeah whatever you want yeah it's like whatever you want (laughs) so i give i give my bosses a lot of credit because when i go to them usually it's like I, i usually i don't like just bringing things up without having um sort of like i like to stand on so i remember for example batman beyond was when i went on a limb on because like again back then 80s was popping off and i came back and i was like hey i really want to do batman beyond everyone just dwells on batman the animated series that's all you see on youtube i saw you see in listicles and articles i want to do a batman beyond episode and they're like oh man but we're riding this 80s wave and i'm like i know but like a we could test it to see if people want us to go you know to the 90s but also i just have a hunch that people did love batman beyond and they were like, all right, cool, let's do it. Let's see what happens. And then, boom, it, it did really, really well. Um, another one is not a cartoon, but like, so we did an episode on Mystery Men. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Mystery Men, the oh, movie. Oh, the movie, yeah. <laughs> so that one I had to like lobby hard for because they were like, oh, we think that's kind of niche. And I'm just like, I'm telling you, people like my age and who were watching movies and TV in the 90s will remember that movie and people will be fond of it because no one talks about it. And lo and behold, like, they let me do it, and it did really well, right? And so now I kind of like – I don't have carte blanche, I wouldn't say, but um, I've earned the trust where I'm just like, hey, let's do this one. Like, trust me. I think it'll do well. It's backfired. It, like, it backfired once. So, I mean, not backfired because that's like a kind of negative way to say it. But, like, there's ones where I was like, oh, man, we, we did the faculty, like, last October. And I was like, yo, faculty is another one, niche. Everyone remembers it from that era. And it's pretty interesting. And the people in that movie, yada, 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 Robert Rodriguez directed it. And it didn't pop off much, but the sentiment in the comments was really positive, and everybody was like, yo, I forgot this movie existed. Like, i never seen anything about this movie. This is so cool. And I was like, you know what? I'll take though that sentiment and not have as much views as, you know, as I would say, like a Thundercats or like a Spider-Man. But at least people know that we're, you know, we have the pulse and we're, you know, we're not necessarily just going to stick to like all the high-touch names. You know what I mean? Um so, yeah, I, I like to say I've earned the trust of those above me. But, um, yeah, I'm not necessarily, like, not everything touches turns to gold. Uh, so Really quick, to touch on Mystery Men, I was having this conversation a, a few days ago where I think because of Shrek, most people think that, uh, what's the, 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 all, the Smash Mouth? Smash Mouth, yeah. The, yes. Uh, all Star, like, All Star was in Mystery Men, I believe, like, because if you watch oh, the music time. video, if you watch the music video, it's based around the movie, and... Like that's where it came from, as as far as I'm concerned. I maybe maybe there's someone yelling at me right now. They're like, "No, it actually came out like a year or whatever." But I think because Shrek was so popular, most people just instantly associated with that, and that's just like a weird thing because I I, I don't hear a lot of people talk about Mystery Man. Like even myself, I just, I watch anything my older cousins watched, you know. And they were I was like nine years younger than them, so anything they watched that's just why i watch you know like a lot of people often be like oh do you remember like this and 
I'm like, no. I'm like, what do you like? What do you mean you weren't listening to Backstreet Boys? <laughs> I'm like, I'm not saying that to be like fucking cool. It's just my cousins listened to. They were listening to System of a Down when people were listening to like In Sync, you know. So it's just it it never came across. And then I'm like, there. What about your parents? I'm like, you think uh, Mexican ass Alberto <laughs> and Cecilia were listening to In Sync? I'm like, no, I was listening to whatever, you know, Mexican music they were listening to. So, but uh, the Mystery Man, like, I, I enjoyed that video as well. I, I watched that one, and it is just one of those things where, like, you brought up with the faculty, there's so many movies that you can talk about with your friends or even TV shows where you're like, do you remember this? And there is always that, like, mind blown, like, that look you see on their face where they're like, oh, oh shit. Like, I hadn't, I, I completely forgot about it. Or even like discovering something older like that for the first time, uh, I'd never seen Idle Hands. I had no idea. I had had no idea. I've seen that for like forever. I had no idea it existed, and it's something that's just like it was all for me. Like I remember watching it and then coming into work the next day and trying to talk about it with people, and they were like, "Oh, like yeah, you've never seen it." And me being upset, we're like, "Fuck you!" I thought we were better friends. That like you would (laughs) have known that's something I would totally love. But again, like I discovered it and. Just nobody talked about it. No one had ever talked yeah, about man. it. Yeah, man. But like, but that feeling too of like unlocking something that you like you feel was closing your brain, like a memory, mm-hmm. is that feeling is so interesting to me because it happens to me on a weekly basis when I'm researching and I'm like reading these scripts and you know. Um, but to go back, yes, Smash Mouth to me is definitely a mystery men song. Um, it, I mean, Shrek was a mainstream fucking phenomenon so yeah like that's what they associated but it plays during like one of the best scenes in the movie where like they have the tryouts of like the superheroes mm-hmm. and it's like one of the best scenes in the movie and that's when that song is playing that um, that's what the whole music video is for the song like if you mm-hmm. watch it it's yeah. the exactly. their tryout scene yeah, yeah yeah exactly um so like it's funny you, you mentioned like you, you couldn't watch uh you know certain things because you, you were at the mercy of your cousins but like i feel like that's another thing that's so relatable because I, th- I feel like we were all at the mercy of that sort of thing because you know, I was lucky where, you know, um, I had <clears throat> illegal cable growing up. So I had every channel. I had pay-per-view. I had all the HBOs. You know what I mean? And so I, I had the hot box. So I was like watching whatever, you know, whatever. But what, my parents really didn't, you know, filter what I was watching. Um, my dad would take me like radar movies at the movie theaters and shit. Like, you know, that I just that's just the way I grew up. So like that's why I guess lucky for me now it's paying off. But like. My wife, you know, I'd be like, hey, you remember the show? And she'd be like, no, we weren't allowed to watch anything that was, like, risque because we grew up a little religious. And I'm just like, oh, shit. That makes sense. Like, okay, cool. I understand that. So it's weird. Like, everybody has different experiences growing up. Either they were sheltered or they were at the mercy of, like, the person who handled the television or, like, all the other media in the house. And then you have people like me who was like, you know, I'm watching HBO when I'm, like, 12. (laughs) And I just finished watching, like – spawn the animated series and then real sex comes right after and it's just like well ain't nobody gonna tell me to turn this off so i'm watching this shit <laughs> you know I, what i mean i definitely you think that, the cat house <laughs> <laughs> I definitely think yes that's, that's one of the benefits of having well you mentioned you you came to you you immigrated right it was where was it that you came to america from i'm colombian so i came from colombia so definitely having immigrant parents is something that works in your favor because uh, same thing with me like I have friends now, like D- Dave. You grew up religious, yeah, so there was things you know you weren't able to to watch. None of that with me, unless it was like overtly, like unless someone was fucking on screen. My <laughs> parents were probably not gonna like; they didn't care, and that's how it was. Like our na- our next door neighbors were uh, Jehovah Witnesses, 
So, mm. and I remember specifically there was one time where we had our, our friend, Yesenia, she was over and we're like, oh, we're about to watch Power Rangers. And she just gets up and starts like putting on her shoes and we're like, what's going on? She's like, I'm not allowed to watch that. We're like, what? Like, what do you mean? She's like, I'm not allowed to watch that. Like, uh, they have the devil in that show. Mm-hmm. We're like, what are you, what are you talking about? Oh, and then there's like man. Lord Zed and she's like, see, that's the devil. And we're like, What? And it was just very confusing, but I mean, I have those con- kinds of conversations all the all the time now, and I consider myself very fortunate in that. Like we, like had free reigns to just watch anything. Same thing with the music. Like I shouldn't have been listening to as much Three Six Mafia as I was, like as a child, you know, because it's all like we're gonna shoot you and kill you and then have sex. And I was doing, yeah. I was doing none of that as like an eleven year old. Um, but oh yeah dude i'm like listening to tupac and biggie and yeah. you know nas talking about the hood and the streets and this and that and like the only thing my dad would hit me was like why you gotta listen to every other word is motherfucker motherfucker the fuck it's like why do you listen to it? i'm like i'm like because it's cool and he'd be like whatever do what you want to do but like he would like criticize don't get me wrong he would criticize shit i would watch but you know like you know just not even not trying to segue or anything but like to wrestling because i've been watching wrestling since i was like 10 He'd be like, why do you like that? And I'm just like, I don't know, because it's entertaining. Like, look at that guy. He's like eight feet tall. You know, like, why? How am I not going to, like, gravitate to that? And he'd be like, all right, whatever, watch it. You know, until, like, he would just, like, sit down and be like, all right, I guess I'm into it, too, now. It was very much similar with me, because I, I myself didn't get into wrestling until I was older. I, I got into it around 2000. I, it was the go-home show to WrestleMania 20. First time I ever watched wrestling, like... And I, I grew up right during the Attitude Era, like, and all my friends were into it. And I was that kid. I, I specifically remember, like, I remember you guys remember, like, in, in grammar school, where they would send kids, like, as in groups to, like, the bathroom or whatever. And I remember mm. they sent a bunch of us. And my one of my best friends, Martin, he was there. And I remember him and this one other kid, Robert, like, they were the wrestling kids. Everyone knew them as, like, the wrestling kids. And they were talking about Rey Mysterio, who would have just debuted. They're like, oh, they're Rey Mysterio. And I remember me being the smug little shit that I am. I just like walk up to him. I'm like, you know that shit's fake, right? I'm like, Rey Mysterio? That's the stupidest name ever. Cut to like a few years later, he's winning the Royal Rumble. And I'm like, or winning the world title. And I'm like, he did it for Eddie. And I love Rey Mysterio. (laughs) But it was like with my parents, it was like when we were younger, it was very much like, don't watch wrestling. But we had no interest. I was like, you got it, bro. Don't okay. even, yeah, don't even worry about it. But very much the same with like my dad. He was the same way where like when we did start watching it, he was like, "What the fuck are you? Oh shit, who's Kurt Angle?" You know. And like once he found his guy, that was it. Like he he started just like, oh, "Okay, all right." Every now and then, like he would take us to show and to shows, and he would know every now and then who someone was. But like if it was just two, you know, you have Chuck Palumbo. And fucking Big Vito wrestling each other. He's just like, "Where's Kurt? Where's Kurt Angle? Yeah. Is Eddie Guerrero here tonight? <laughs> like, is is Booker T gonna be here?" You're like, "Yeah, bro. Like, you gotta wait. There's, there's, you know, seven whatever matches." Um, but you mentioned you, you grew up in New York. Um, mm-hmm. What was that like for like with, with wrestling? Like, did you go to any of those? Like, because uh, New York they had a lot of like ECW shows and shit, right? Yeah. Did you yeah, go- no, for sure. So like. It's, it's interesting because like I once I got into wrestling, you know, I got into it because I was like at a family member's house and, you know, all, usually like 
all the adults are partying downstairs, dancing, drinking, eating, and all the kids are like in a bedroom somewhere playing Super Nintendo or Sega or whatever. But in this particular party, it was like me and another kid there, and that's it. And that kid who was there was just happened to live in that house, and he just so happened to be watching um, Saturday Night uh, Saturday Night Live main event, and. They were replaying them. I don't know if they were replaying or if it was live. I think they were replaying, but it was Bret Hart. I remember it like it was yesterday. It was Bret Hart, Ric Flair when Bret reversed the figure four into Sharpshooter and won the championship. And for some reason, after that day, I was like hooked. So like the the following weekend, I'm telling my dad, I'm just like, you know, he used to take me to his girlfriend used to watch me while he went to work, and she uh, she owned a beauty salon, and next door to the beauty salon was a a tape store, a rec uh, rental, a VHS place, and she would be, you know, to get to for me not to be bored. She'd be like, "Go, go next door and rent whatever you want." And I shit you not, dude. I legit rented in a span of time I, their whole wall of Coliseum WWE videos. <laughs> like I'm not even lying. And and, and it was stuff that you know uh, was before I got into it. So like this was like maybe early '90s. I was like renting tapes from like late '80s. You know, like WrestleMania one, two, like the very first Rumble, like. You know, the first Survivor Series, I just couldn't get enough. And then from there, like, my dad saw how big a deal it was. I mean, he would, like, and you know, it once in a while criticize me, like I mentioned before. But, like, it's funny, you, you know, you mentioned it before. Like, my cousin, who was a lot older than me, would come up to me and be like, you know, that shit's fake, right? And I'd be like, no, because I was still a kid. And he'd be like, you see that guy right there? What's his name? And I'm just like, Razor Ramon. He's awesome. And then he'd be like, yeah, his name was Starship Coyote in fucking WCW. And I'm just like, what? What's WC? Like, what are you talking about? And, and he was kind of like my coach on like, this is how it. they talk to each other. They do this. They do that. And I'm just like, well, fuck. Kind of just took like the life out of like, you know, me being into it. But, you know, as wrestling kept evolving, like I said, my, my fandom kept evolving. And being in New York – the Garden, I never went to – I don't think I went to a show until I was like a teenager. But once I hit junior high, I started going to ECW shows because they were like literally in my backyard, like you know the Elks Lodge on Queens Boulevard. I lived in – I'm a Queens kid. I lived in Queens basically my entire life. So I went to the Elks Lodge a couple times, right? Um, and that environment was like my first taste of indie wrestling. Um, and then since then, like you know, there's indie wrestling corporations that I have put – put on shows in the same building like within the last 30 years since ECW not a business and I've gone to a lot of those here and there like House of Glory is the mo- the the one that still exists I believe that I've been to their shows they put on like in- indie shows around New York but there's just something about going to a New York indie show that's like so unique um that I feel like every city has that when it comes to wrestling cuz I've heard Chicago is I have I've heard from people who live there but also like you could watch it and you could just feel just the crowds like, you know New York Chicago, um, damn, I don't even know if there's any ones that compare besides New York and Chicago, to be I honest. Think, I mean, Philly. I think maybe, like, those old uh, PWG shows. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. But, like, you know, so, like, in that time, back then, going to those ECW shows, wrestling was so big because of the Attitude Area and because ECW was basically, you know, um, Northeast-based. That, like, it was just – I remember going to school. There was, like, Taz shirts, Sandman shirts – the Austin shirts, you know, like old people still having like their Bret Hart shirts when he was like, you know, turning heel and shit. So in New York, it, like wrestling was like as, you know, a 12, 13 year old, like it was video games, wrestling and, you know, pick a sport. Right. You know, baseball or basketball or football. So like basically that's what it was like here when it came to wrestling. It was it's a big part of. Yeah. 
and how much do you keep up with it now? Like, do you still go to, sh- I mean, no one's going to shows now, but yeah. pre COVID, were you still going to shows and stuff? Cause like, I know I was, I was up in New York for, uh, what was it like mania when they did it there? And then even like the years before that, where they were doing like the SummerSlam weekends up in like Brooklyn and shit, like, were you still going to those shows or is it something now that you just kind of just watch from afar? So it's like a mix. So before COVID, like the last show I think I went to was, and I might be getting my times wrong, so I apologize. So Harry was like, oh, it wasn't even the right time. No, so I, I went to the 25th anniversary of Raw mm-hmm. at, in Brooklyn, and I went to SummerSlam the year before, the year that Becky basically turned. Uh, I, those are, the, I think, the last two shows I went to. And both was because I got them through work because uh, Sci-Fi is part of NBC Universal and, you know, USA. Basically, USA and Sci-Fi are like, we're like almost like the same team. Yeah. We're like under the same umbrella. So I got those two, one through work and then the other one through one of my buddies. And I am more of a pedestrian when it comes to WWE. My, my kid is a big fan. Um, she's kind of like gone to other things like Fortnite. But uh, we shared we shared that the love for wrestling for a long time. And so like I'll watch them after I DVR them. So like I'll fast forward through Raw and stop with like the interesting – you know, spots that I either I on Reddit, people are like, oh, you got to see this promo. People are like talking about it. Like, all right, cool. Let me watch that. Or like, hey, this match was like really, really solid on Raw. Like, all right, cool. Let me watch that. Um, and same thing with AEW. I'll watch AEW like after I DVR it. For some reason, NXT is the one show I like to watch live. Um, I don't know. You know, sometimes I'll switch and watch AEW live and I'll watch NXT on DVR. But, you know, I'm not ingrained as I used to be where I'm just like, yo, I can't miss a show. I just can't. Now it's just like, oh, snap, I haven't watched wrestling in like two weeks. Let me go on my DVR and watch, you know, Raw from last week because I heard, you know, Rollins and so-and-so had a really good match. Or it's like, all right, cool. If I'm going to watch anything this week, apparently I need to watch this match between, you know, Pentagon and Phoenix versus the Young Bucks, like that whole six-man tag from last week, from like a couple weeks ago. So, like, that's kind of where I'm at, where I kind of know what's going on. Because I, you know, I go score Twitter on Reddit a lot, but also I follow the social media of like a lot of wrestlers and wrestling sites, you guys and stuff. So um, that's kind of how I keep up. But I'm not like, you know, babe, don't talk to me. I'm watching Raw. Like that's not. I'm not there anymore. I used to be when you know, like I think the last time I could say I was like that was when when Punk was like on top, and because Punk was one of like I, I should mention this. I used to be a big ROH guy. Like I every time they came to New York, I went to ROH shows. It was like a it, it was not a, like a debate and i you know i used to take my wife and we got really into like ring of honor so like it was great because we saw punk joe you know Dan, uh, you know daniel bryan brian danielson like we saw all those guys in roh like having these insanely great matches and then come out to wb so like we were invested it was like a show like season one is like they're in, in ROH and they're like, oh, season two, they're in WWE. So we're like following through. And like that was kind of like why we had to watch because it was like watching the guys to pat on the back when he ran by me, like in the aisle was like, you know, it was really cool. But I think that was probably the last time I was like that into it. Now it's just like, you know, oh, shit, something cool happened. Let me watch it. It's funny because I feel like we all went through that, that like stage where I, I specifically remember when because smackdown was what i would watch so we didn't have cable so i I couldn't watch raw so i remember with smackdown i'd be like "Ah, guys from like seven to nine on fridays i can't hang out and i had i think i had like a curfew of like well then that only leaves you from like nine to ten to go out with your friends and i would be like are you sure and i'm like yeah it's fine kurt angle and eddie guerrero are wrestling tonight in a steel cage like i can't fucking miss this not knowing that like 
I could have just gone online, looked at spoilers, and been like, oh, okay, I don't need to sit around for this whole episode. Yeah. I can just stick around for the first few matches and then kind of fuck off. But, <laughs> yeah, it's like we all go through that, and it's interesting. It's always interesting, too, hearing, because I think everyone has that period where they just weren't watching, where it kind of just went away for a bit, and then what brings them back? Because... Like, I know Punk, that, that the whole Punk story, like, Punk brought so many people back. Yeah. And, like, from doing, like, I work all the autograph signings with him when he does the conventions here in Chicago. That's every other story. Every other story, it's either, when are you coming back? Are you going to AEW? Uh, or some sort of, like, story about how, man, I stopped watching, you know, when so-and-so left or when this happened. But when you drop that pipe bomb, oh, my God, it's the best. And that like that was a very big thing like i think when you know years from now when you look back at you know like your austin 316s like that punk pipe bomb is definitely something that you have to give credit for and wwe being wwe probably won't you know like they'll just be like oh yeah he cut some promo and then everyone you know whatever but like it's definitely like a monumentous thing that i don't think it's talked about now at least as, as much as it will like when you know the next generation of wrestling fans are are doing their YouTube videos and YouTube or podcasts about wrestling, um, but it's definitely very interesting. And like you mentioned, like it's not really like a thing that you have like Shh, be quiet. Like I'm watching wrestling. I feel like with me and Dave, that's kind of a thing too. But just because of where we work, it we're just like so ingrained in everything. Yeah, that it def there's definitely the sense of like. And I feel bad because I have I have friends who a lot of the times are like, "Are you watching live?" And I'm like, "No, I'm going to I'm gonna wait till you know <laughs> same thing till like I can go back and just fast forward through everything unless there is something." I mean, wrestling fatigue is a definite real. Uh, there's mm -hmm. so much wrestling programming. Oh now. yeah, and uh, well, like like what you said, I, I think there's a difference between like casual fans that like it'll take them 20 years to come back to watching wrestling, and then there's there's people that know about places like Ring of Honor, and then you can follow someone from right when they're starting to get it, and it's clicking, and then you're like, I know that guy, and then you see him on NXT or Raw, and you're like, I remember when that guy was wrestling in bingo halls, and then you're, you're a little more invested, but yeah, th there's so much wrestling programming now that even if you are a diehard fan, I mean, you have to devote like a third of your week to watching all the programs if, if you're into it, so yeah, I mean, just... Reading recaps is what I normally do, and I'll catch online stuff. But yeah, like I listen to I I tell my buddies uh, over at Post Wrestling all the time. I'm like I will, you know, I'm like I subscribe X amount to your Patreon. I will subscribe double if need be because the fact that like you guys go out of your way to like recap a shitty episode of Raw and be like, uh, <laughs> well, this is the one. This is the one good thing if you want to go watch it. I'm like, all right, cool. I'd rather do that because the amount of times that i'm like you know what it this episode sounds like it's gonna be good let me give it a shot and then i sit through like three hours of just like bullshit and i just sit there at the end of it like why the fuck did i sit through it i could have i could have done i could accomplish so much in those you know three hours but i definitely think with with aew back and with nxt kind of like wanting to compete with them so, so kind of try it out find yeah. it out it's interesting and there is also that aspect of you mentioned you see these wrestlers coming from from the bingo halls to like main eventing wrestlemanias that's definitely a thing that it oh it, for sure it's awesome i myself and dave we used to go to you mentioned like really hot crowds very ecw type shows we have uh out here freelance wrestling 
very much just oh, yeah. like underground punk, punk rock kind of vibe. Yeah. There's like another promotion, but they they've kind of just like adapted the they just do PWG in the Midwest for the most part. But freelance, they have their own characters, they have their own storylines, and it's very much that. Like it's the venue itself. Like there's been, I, I believe again pre COVID, the last like four or five shows. They kept having to like, all right, sorry, we, we just we can't have any merch tables out yeah. because uh, we need to sell more tickets. And it's just getting more and more packed. Like even us, we would sit up like in the balcony with all like the sponsors. And, and like, we're just sweating because there's so many people. Up yeah, there. it was just like more and more people where you're just like, oh, shit. But it's definitely really, really cool to like, oh, man, I just saw this guy in front of 400 people like tear the house down. And now. Oh, yeah. You know, now That's like that's what uh-huh no go ahead it's funny because like that's why you guys the way you're describing freelance is how i would describe like house of glory it, mm-hmm. that's new york based because like um you know private party from aw is from house of glory mm-hmm. and i remember watching those dudes do like in like do like almost hit ceilings because like you know those venues that a lot of these indie shows are put on um and then like you just see like you know same thing with santana ortiz you know they were also from house of glory right a lot of those guys a lot of guys coming up right now i've seen because of house of glory because like they are basically the promotion in new york in the new york area the indie promotion and seeing those dudes on aw again it's like the same feeling from because aw i would say is like the big time you know Mm -hmm. um i wouldn't i think you you can equate hitting AEW as hitting WWE because like it's national television and it's national spotlight and to see those dudes do these insane spots for like a hundred people eating hot dogs <laughs> in a <laughs> armory somewhere to being on TNT on primetime you know on Wednesday night which you know I've worked in television for the last 15 years like Wednesday night is not a, like that's a pretty good day to put on a show like that means they believe in what you're putting on right um, so like what you describe, you guys describe as freelance. I that's how I would describe House of Glory, um, and yeah, like it's it's so like I think that's why I like NXT because I, I I get the same feeling. Like I'm watching people on NXT, and I'm kind of hoping that when they do make it to WWE, um, hoping praying that they don't they do well. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. There's been to it nicely, and they don't have um, to they don't have to come back down to the roster like uh, Finn Balor who's like ah you know what it's fine I'll. I like working just the Florida loop. <laughs> yeah, like it's interesting because you know, as because you were mentioning before, like sitting through like a three-hour show and all that good stuff. Like, again, as a I've been producing and I've been in television for fifteen years. Like, I understand how hard it is to put on a live show every week for three hours. So, like, you know, I don't get me wrong. I watch it. I'm just like, yo, what is happening in this segment? This is bad, right? But then half of the time, I'm I also have like my producer lens on. I'm just like. Yeah, you got to fill airtime right now. Yeah, for 52 weeks. Yeah, you just got to fill airtime right now. And sometimes, you know, that's what needs to be done. And then you got the people like, oh, just make it two hours. Like, you don't understand. There's a lot of moving parts. They probably would love it for for it to be two hours. But legally and because of contracts, they can't. Like, that's like the one thing that I kind of – it's kind of helped me from my perspective as being in television. Like, I get a lot of like – I don't want to say excuses, but I, I, I get the reasons why some things are the way they are, you know? Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of stuff where I'm just like, yo, this makes absolutely no sense why this is on television, why this is a storyline, why this person is where he's at. But I also understand there's, you know, like, there's other things in play. And not just, like, because I work where I work. Just because, 
you know, being a TV person, like a lot of people don't understand, like 90 seconds on television is a fucking lifetime. And for, you know, anyone who's not initiated, they're like, it's a minute and a half. It's like, dude, to talk for 90 seconds is that is a task. Especially when it's in front of, like, I, I mean, there's probably a little, it's probably a little bit easier now for the people who aren't so, uh, like, promo savvy where they're just in front of the NXT, like, you can mess up trained. a little bit. You can mess up and yeah. it's fine. But when you're in front of 10,000 people and you flub a line and everyone's just like, you fucked up. Or just yeah. catcalling you and you fuck it. You know you and messed it, up. It doesn't go away. They just remember. Um, like, going to live shows as well, kind of with AEW coming to, you know, like TV and us being able to, like, attend shows, I very much will, like, almost nine out of ten times go to an NXT, like, pay-per-view or AEW pay-per-view as opposed to, like, a SummerSlam or a WrestleMania, especially based on just, like, the six, seven-match format, you know? Oh, 100%. I'm like, I'm like, I, 100%. Like, with takeovers, for the most part, it's five or six matches. I'll be, I'm like, yes, perfect. In and out, three hours, amazing. Because, like, the the last Mania that I went to was the one, uh, New York, New Jer- actually in New Jersey. Mm. And, oh, Is that Roxena? Roxy in the main? No, it was uh, Becky, Ronda, and Charlotte in the in the main event. That's right. And oh my god, just sitting through the show, I just it, it, like my shitty seats probably didn't help with it either. But I remember just sitting there. I'm like, oh my god, please, when is this? Oh, like this show started yesterday. Like it is now Dude, the next day. What the fuck? I always tell my wife or my kid or like my my friends that we're watching all together. I'll be like, yo, I'm exhausted. I'm sitting in my couch mm-hmm. with pizza and a beer. I'm exhausted because I, I feel like I've been here for fucking six hours. I cannot imagine what you were feeling at that moment sitting actually in that stadium. Cause, but it's funny because you could tell. You could like – they cut the shot sometimes and you're like, dude, that whole section is exhausted. Because like to get there, to line up, you get to your seat and then, you know, again, like – you're not getting all the bells and whistles we are at home, you know, like the replays, the commentary and the stories, getting up to have a conversation with somebody during this boring ass match and coming back down. You guys are just there. So, like, I've honestly like it's crazy. I, I turned down mania tickets to for takeovers like several times just because a exactly what you said, the seven match format. I know it's going to be a two hour show. I know it's going to be just like the pacing is going to be a lot better. There's not going to be just like squeezing matches in just like give downtime to bring them back up the next match so like i've definitely been like no i'm good on mania but wait you gotta take over oh hell yeah i'll go to take over like that that's how it is with over here at the all-state arena um our our boss knows he has he has a buddy who has one of those like sky boxes yeah and everything because you know they'll do the like oh uh friday saturday sunday monday like he'll always just get whatever whatever the takeover is. I mean, like one he knows the wrestlers that are like usually on takeover as opposed to the main roster, but it's also that where it's like five six matches we're in and out, perfect. You don't got to worry about yeah. that. Um, but so as we sort of wind down here, uh, all our guests there's two questions we ask them. Uh, mm-hmm. The first one being is, do you remember your first piece of wrestling merchandise that you know you ever whether it was gifted to you or purchased? You know, some sort of program t-shirt movie or you know dvd vhs anything like that that yes. you remember all right so um my my dad knew my end all be all when i was a kid was bret hart mm-hmm. like he knew like 
and my dad, my dad again, my, we immigrated from Colombia, so my dad's English was, you know, was never that great. I mean, he learned it, and you know, um, but like he used to always try to say Brett the Hitman hard, like all in one thing without messing it up. And it was it just became a game between both of us. Like he see me watching, and he was always like, "Oh, you're always watching this Brett the Hitman Hart." So like he knew that was my guy. So he the first thing I ever got wrestling related, he bought me the old school WWF wrestling magazine. Remember the magazines they used to put out? Mm-hmm. And Bret Hart was just on the cover of that magazine, and he just you know, oh that's the guy that he loves. So he got me a Bret Hart magazine. So I was like the first thing I ever got merch wise. I think probably for a long time then after that i got really into the rock and then like i had a rock poster and then i had like an austin shirt but first ever was yeah wwf the magazine uh bret hart followed i think followed by i got the the first dvd uh not to see dvd the first cd of the theme songs i think that's the second maybe thing that he got me the yellow disc they're they're actually putting out a vinyl record of all triple h's theme songs i was listening to to my buddy's podcast and they were talking about so uh, so a Motorhead album? Yeah, basically. Basically, yeah. They're just like, and then they were talking about how, like, for the most part, all his theme songs have just been the same, but with like, oh, Disturbed singing this version, and now Motorhead singing this version, and now you have this version of this, and it's, it is for the most part just like a Motorhead slash like Metallica album with like random shitty, uh, like covers. Yeah, random shitty covers. Like Jim Johnson's like I. Listen, I can't get this fucking made, but this will. This is the closest that it sounds like uh, to Motorhead. Um, but the second question is, uh, what would you consider your favorite piece of wrestling merchandise? Ooh, right now that that I own, yeah. yeah. Uh, my favorite piece of merchandise that I own right now. Oh man, all right, I can't just give you one answer because I have a lot. So okay. number one has to be, uh, I have Bret Hart's autobiography book, and he signed it. He oh, was at a House of Glory show, and I just seeing him on the belt. Like, oh, I'm there, and me and one of one of my really best friends, we went together because we're both huge Bret Hart. So like, he got um, he got his book signed, and I got my book, and I have a Simpsons Bret Hart figure, um, because Bret Hart was on the Simpsons for an episode, and I got him to sign that. So I have those two things signed by Bret, and then I have, so I have the. The old, you, you guys remember like WWF used to put out the these packs of figures together for like not the not the company who makes them now. I think who makes them now Mattel, but like before it was like Jack Specific, I think. Anyway, yeah. I used to collect those, and I still have. I have a Intercontinental pack where it's Shawn Michaels, The Rock, and Bret Hart, and they're all in their like. They're all basically based on the time when they were IC champs, and I've had that since like two thousand two, and it's still in the package. Um, and I, I always look to see how much it it's worth. I don't really care because I'll never get rid of it. But that thing has followed me through, you know, meeting my wife, moving in with my wife, having a kid, buying a house. Like that thing's made it through my entire life since like 2003, whenever I got it. Uh, so I would say those things are probably my most prized possessions. I have other like you know I have pops and stuff here and there. Um, but I think yeah, those those are at the top of the list for sure. That Bret Hart book is so good. I oh uh, so good. What was what was not Barnes and Nobles? The other one, um, the the other bookstore chain that it's it's no longer around. Borders. Is it Borders? Yes. Uh, so funny, you know, it was when I when I was six, when I turned sixteen, I was going everywhere looking for a job, and I went into because there was like this this mall where at one mall they had a Barnes and Nobles, and at the other one they had a Borders. 
or it was like a little plaza maybe like two miles away so i go to the borders and hand them a barnes and noble application they're like oh no this is this, this is the wrong <laughs> application i'm like excuse me they're like yeah it's for barnes and noble and i was just like oh okay and i was like um bye bad i was like ah. and then my cousin because she had dropped me off and i told her i was like i'm gonna go look around so she had the right application in the car so i was like oh fuck and <laughs> i was just like whatever i'll just walk around and like wait for her to come back she had just left so she was coming back around and i'm like looking at like all the wrestling books that they have because i one of jericho's books had just come out then and i remember they had some sale like buy one get one and they had Bret Hart's. It's like fucking. It's thick. Like that thing. It's it oh, is. Oh, dude, like, that's a thick boy. It's like eight hundred pages or something like that. And Bret Hart is always one of like the guys that I was like attracted to because I was like, oh, this guy's such an awesome worker. Like I've always been, uh, like a in work, you know, a, a ring work guy. Like work rate, yeah, work rate guy. Yeah, there you go, work rate. Uh, so Bret Hart is always someone that I, I, I wish I would have met him. I was at the at the WrestleCon hotel. Same thing last time when they were in New York. And the line for Brett was just insane. I, I wanted to meet him as well because our friend, cousin Jeremy, he was in line. He was like, if you want, you can just cut me. But I know so many people that I'm like, I can't. I'm like, I can't in good conscience just cut you. Because then they're like, oh, because I'm also like in head to toe pro wrestling tease shit. Yeah. So they're just like, oh, mm. cool. The pro wrestling tease guy fucking cut. When I'm pretty sure I could have just been like, oh, I work for Ryan at pro wrestling tease. Can I just cut and meet Brett? They would probably would have been like, yeah, that's fine um but before we get out of here i i actually wanted to ask you just kind of going back to the to the youtube channel are there any like shows or cartoons yet that kind of like your white whale that you're like i can't fucking wait to talk about this one oh man i mean so like it's crazy because um i get asked that a lot and there's two that we did already back when i was just producing and editing mm -hmm. um that and before the channel grew to what it is now and the show grew to what it is now but uh teenage mutant ninja turtles the movie part one like the first movie we did that one already and man i i edited that meticulously and so with like everything i am because that is probably my and one of my end-all be-all movies and turtles is like my next to wrestling as a kid it, turtles was like my fucking life so it was that and mortal kombat the movie that's another movie that i absolutely adore and will fight anyone who says it's fucking whack um but like white will wise i i mean ah oh man there's so many that we've done that i wanted to do for so long um one that stands out i've been trying to do and you know like trying to see if like it would do well is definitely pro stars the the, the cartoon oh, where with, it's like jordan mm -hmm. yes where it's like jordan yeah. bo jackson and wayne gretzky yeah. i've been dying to do that one just because and we've touched on it a couple of times on like other we've done other episodes where we touched on like that whole fad from the early 90s where like celebrities just got cartoons for some reason like mc hammer got a cartoon hogan had a cartoon they were just like oh you're a celebrity let's give you it's like if they gave kim kardashian a cartoon basically like that's how they were like operating in the early 90s and i just remember pearl stars because uh, you know jordan was like another you know favorite of mine i was a very big basketball fan as a kid so that one I've been dying to do. We've touched on it a couple of times, but I've just been like, I've been dying to do that one because there has to be so many interesting behind the scenes uh, things to that. Just because like, you know, with knowing what I know now with intellectual properties and branding and the leagues and all that stuff, it's like, yo, there had to be so much weird negotiating going down. Yeah, red but tape. also like, exactly. Yeah. But also like, um, just to fully understand like why it didn't work. And like one of my favorite thing about going back to a lot of this these shows is like um, 
you watch things and you're just like, damn, the nineties were a different time. You would never get away with that shit right now. Like you would like you would just get letters and emails and tweets. Like it's just so crazy the the things that basically shows got away with in the nineties. Like cartoons, man. Like some of the cartoon some cartoon jokes that you're just like, oh, I just got that now. And that's terrible. Holy shit. Like nobody caught that. Um, but yeah, I think Pro Stars is definitely one. And one that we're doing at some point coming up is also the uh, the Mask, the animated series, which I've wanted to do for a long time too. Um, yeah, I think, but yeah, Pro Stars is like my white whale that I still don't know if or when we're going to do that one. Well, you, you mentioned the Ninja Turtles movie. I am a gigantic fan of that movie. And so like, uh, I, we'll end this really quick, but like, I just no bought, no dude. I just I just <laughs> bought a, I just bought a replica Leonardo head uh-huh. from the movie and I oh really yeah uh, there's this place called I'll, I'll give him a shout out PSG uh, prop shop garage and then they do these like really good mo- and they're like latex so you could just pop them over your head or not latex they're like foam um, but they do like the whole suits and everything but I'm fat so I can't wear one but and then I just commissioned uh, a shredder helmet. So I, I gotta wait for a couple months, but it's all so it's all dope. in fiberglass. It's the dopest thing I've ever seen. But um, huge, Dude, that's, that's fucking awesome. Yeah, huge the, Ninja Turtles. The mask me. too. It looks very like lifelike. Like when Dave put it, when he when he got it and like took it out the box, I was like, holy shit! I was like, we need to get a head mannequin and put it in the office. I yeah. was like, because it, it like the thing follows you around. It's like the Mona Lisa. Um, but we definitely need to get back on for like a, a turtle thing. Cause that was again. Oh, like, dude, for sure. Wa- like watching your videos and you're just, like talking turtles. I'm like, oh fuck. I'm like, I if there's <laughs> a giant turtles fan that I know, it's none other than Dave. Yeah. And like, there's so much to go down like the rabbit hole with that because, like, I I was I forget I was telling someone at the shop the other day about like the history with like the turtles, how it was essentially kind of just like. Oh yeah, you know the the fucking weird ooze that made Daredevil Daredevil. Like it also made the turtles the turtles, and I go send to Paul, and they were just like, "What?" And I'm like, "Yeah." I'm like, "That's it's yeah." It was a big parody of Daredevil. Yeah, you know, I'm like, you have the Foot Clan and then the Hand, and oh, man, there's. Well, I'm announcing it now. It's gonna be a part two. It's just gonna be <laughs> not even no wrestling. It's gonna be centric. But Juan, uh, where can people find you online? So I'm on. I have the same handle across every, between Twitter and Instagram as Juan Conqueso, J U A N C O N Q U E Z O, zero. Sorry, um, no. Oh, what the fuck am I talking about? Sorry. <laughs> um, I really, I'm more of an Instagram person. I'm not big on Twitter just because, like, I just feel like Twitter is such a fucking t- cesspool, it's toxic. So, like, yeah, I, it's super toxic. Yeah. Yeah, man. Like, I can't. Like, every time I go, I always go back because, like, I'll. I hit my backlog because people hit me up and it's like, hey, I love this show. You ever thought about doing this show? Like, hey, love the new setup. And I'll just be like, oh, sweet. And I'll respond to people. I'll be like, man, I'm so sorry. I'm just seeing it as a month later. I just don't go on Twitter because every time I scroll through Twitter, I'm just like, oh, this is everyone's so negative. Or like, oh, this is like, no. So I I have it and I check it semi-regularly. Instagram, I'm, I'm on because it's just so easy. And it's just so easy to use. Um, so those are my two. You know, that, that's where you could find me. And also, if you watch the the series you could drop comments and i check those all the time we have a community tab where we're asking people questions so like you know it's pretty easy i i see all that stuff awesome man it was was a pleasure having you and again uh like we do with most guests whenever we have like a lot of fun talking with them i'm just like they're coming back on and and definitely man we we gotta have you back on because i feel like i feel like we just scraped the surface of like the real nerdy shit that we could talk about because like 
I, oh yeah, I, dude, like, we didn't even get to wrestling video games. Exactly, <laughs> and like you mentioned, Mortal Kombat. I I love that Mortal Kombat movie, the first one. The second one is what it is, but like that first That's fair. One, that first one again, it was also one of those things where like when my cousins weren't showing me, you know, uh whatever movie was popular, you know, at the time, they were showing me like Mortal Kombat and I spe- and I, I'll specific I'll end it with this story. Uh <laughs> My mom, like, I wasn't allowed to get any Halloween costumes as a kid with weapons because I was going to hit my sister with them. Like, I, I say now, like, <laughs> I tell myself now, I'm like, I wasn't going to try and, like, stab my sister with Wolverine claws. You would have. A hundred percent. I was. I would have. Um, but I remember I convinced them to let me be uh, Scorpion. I was like, hell yeah. And I remember it's like me and my cousins, we all met up at my aunt's house changing the costumes. And my, one of my cousins, she was like a clown. So my aunt's putting on makeup. I'm like, hey, Thea, I'm like, can you fucking put white on, on my eyelids so when I close it, you know, I look like Scorpion? She's like, oh, okay. And so she sits me down, I close my eyes, and she draws, like, fucking circles around, like, white circles around my eyes to where, like, I look like a raccoon. And I'm like, no. I was like, this isn't what I want. And it was just, like, I remember it was a whole thing because I, like, got angry, and then I tried doing it myself, but I was probably eight, maybe nine at the time, so it looked even worse. And by the time all was said and done, like, I just looked like I'd been crying because I was sitting here applying paint and then wiping it yeah. off and then reapplying it for like the last hour. But uh, thank you again, Juan. And yeah. uh, we look forward yeah, to dude, talking to you time. again, man. Sweet. Yeah, whenever, yo, I'm, this was like so much fun. Like this time, you know, blew by. And yeah, there's so much to talk about because, yeah, video games is another part of me that is, I'm in huge into video games since even back then. That's something we've talked about. I kind of want to start tackling video games in the series, but I'm trying to gauge if people are into it or not. We'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But yeah, whatever you guys want to have me on, I'm there. This was like super fun. Thank you again to Juan for that interview. I I, I knew I, I should have brought up Turtles earlier, but I was like, no, 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 no. She was going so good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like, we'll wait till the end because again once he like i love that that mortal Kombat movie the first one like yeah it's it's good granted the the cg doesn't hold up as much as it should but still still very good as far as like 90s uh action movies go definitely uh up there but yeah yeah once again we uh, let us know let us know if, if you want him back. I mean, we're going to have him back regardless. But also head over to his YouTube channel and check out some of those videos. Like, I I love watching those videos, um, especially when you're kind of just, like, need something on in the background. Like, if you're cleaning or something, yeah. put it on and it, it'll very much make time go by quicker. But once again, thank you to Juan so much for, for being a guest. Um, kind of speaking of cleaning up and stuff, I... <sighs> I'm I'm in for quite the day. Like it's still pretty early on in the day. Sunday, I'm actually going to IKEA to buy a, a new set of drawers, the to kind of just make more space in my room. The ones that I yeah. current currently have uh, are very long. They're not tall, but they're just they're long. Uh, the last apartment I was in, I didn't have as much space as I would have liked to, so I needed a new set of drawers. I, I purchased those and now where i am um does kind of doesn't make sense to take up so much space so i'm making more space in my room and i gotta go over to ikea and purchase some new drawers which it's always fun until i actually like have to 
put everything together. Like, I, I don't know about you. Like, I, I like building things. I like putting things together. But there's always that sense of like, oh, now I actually have to put this together, you know, because it's always in theory. It's so much more easier, so much more fun than than what it actually is. But uh, while I'm out there, I'll because um, I got to drive up to I'm kind of near your neck of the woods. I'm going to have to stop by yeah. some Walmarts because. I've, oh yeah, I've been looking for these AEW figures, man. I know yesterday, front of front of the show, John Jonathan Delgado, he hit me up. He's like, "Hey, uh, this Walmart in Waukegan says that they have some of the figs. I'm I'm driving up there right now, and I'll let you know if I find any." I was like, "Hell yeah!" Because all last weekend, I was driving around looking for them. Even during the week, couldn't find them. Can't find them anywhere. Uh, so and I saw actually friend of the show Clifford Frazier he was able to get his hands on some these figures man they're they're a hot commodity yeah I mean I actually so we had like a softball tournament and then uh there were like two or three different Walmarts on our way back home and we went to two of them and could not find a single figure and I know the AHW stuff what had been there previously because like there would be like one ring left or like one uh little belt replica um, and just some empty pegs where all the AEW stuff was. I mean, it's, it's a cool thing to see that uh, a lot of people are responding very well, especially like when you go to Walmart and you see the AEW stuff and like, you see like a, uh, you see like WWE action figures still there that have been there for a while or, you know, it's just kind of a, you, you sense the winds of change blowing, you know, <laughs> and uh, they're starting to get a little momentum even with the, the bad situation we're in. no, you know, no crowds, um, not really a lot of live events at all. And still they're, they're climbing in the ratings. It's really like from, from our perspective, cause we were so close with AEW, like operational wise, um, just to see them succeed, even with all the roadblocks that get thrown at like a young company and they're still doing well, this is like crazy and really unprecedented. Yeah. There's listen, there's no such thing. Uh, as like a perfect wrestling company, you can find a flaw yeah. with with every wrestling sure. company, much like you can with a, a, any company in general. Uh, as much as everyone wants to like, oh no, like AEW, like listen, AEW is, is doing good. They are doing it better than most people should, and there's always some sort of complaint for something. You know, you can have, uh, you can have. All, only tag matches and people will complain about not enough singles matches. You can do all singles matches. Then people complain, not enough women's matches. You can do all women's matches and you'll have someone complain about not enough tag match. Like it's just, it's always something. And also like they are a growing company. They're figuring things out right now. Uh, so screaming at them on Twitter, not really the way to, to go about it. Just Enjoy and relax. The the thing, the positive thing about AEW is that Tony Khan and the EVPs they listen. So yeah, if you have some sort of you know constructive criticism, tweet at them, let them know. But also, don't be upset that what you're booking in your head, your you know, isn't coming to fruition because every that's just not the way it works. Yeah. Uh, and listen. AEW is uh, just, they're doing a lot better. You know, you, you have a tone deaf company in WWE who, I don't know, does things like, uh, we're going to do a wacky fight club gimmick instead of uh, just push new talent. 
just write better yeah. storylines, please. Stop tearing up the script day of because you have a psychotic 70-year-old man in charge. Um, don't bring pedophiles onto television after you've not addressed anything. I'm sorry, alleged pedophiles after they've uh, you know been accused of all these things and you've, as a company, have not addressed anything. Um, if, if you want to know what I'm talking about, head over to Matt Nix's uh, Instagram. You know. <laughs> he'll, he'll talk all about it there uh but like I, I was actually like on a little like oh fuck wwe earlier in the week because there was uh there was a leak of uh the next wave the supposedly the next wave of wwe funko pops and otis was on there like listen i'm sh i'm sure people like otis i know there's otis fans he could be the main of he could be the main event guy on like a show called wrestlers i don't give a fuck about just because uh, you know i'm like that's not what i watch wrestling for i don't i don't care for that character i don't care for that gimmick but like the fact that otis is getting a funko pop before a litany of other wrestlers there's no eddie guerrero funko pop but you have a fucking otis funko pop like go fuck yourself i'm sorry like that's that's my uh anti-wwe rant for the day um, but on a more positive note, uh, I have an update uh, on, on a friend, on a, on a friend that we've spoken about previously, our good old friend Hammy, Hamilton the pig. Uh, Frank and I were down by the warehouse earlier in the week, and we saw his owner, and uh, Hamilton is, is safe and sound at their, their new home. They, they moved out of their fancy condo over here, and they're living in probably some newer, fancier condo, but for those of you who are asking Hamilton, he's he's doing good per his owner and uh i wish we discovered him earlier because i just love hamilton we could have done so much with that thing we could have done so much with him uh <laughs> but uh really quickly before we head out of here i wanted to plug uh cousin jeremy friend of the show former guest of the show uh episode one of his new podcast what do you like is out uh, him and his buddy talk about designing um board games his his friend designs board games and not just like one or two here and there like you hear this guy's constantly just coming up with new ideas and like it was it was pretty cool it was something i i never really considered like oh yeah this is this is a thing people do for fun and it, it was it was pretty fun pretty quick it was maybe like a 30 40 minute interview so head on over to itunes or wherever you listen to podcasts and look up it's uh what do you like podcast uh, featuring Jeremy Zaha, cousin Jeremy, very fun, very much recommend. I know in a few weeks my episode will drop. I'm not sure if you've recorded with him yet, Dave, but uh, yeah, no. de definitely we're we're gonna have him back on soon to to kind of talk about it, kind of plug that. Um, we speaking of coming on soon, uh, I don't. Uh, we've confirmed a guest for next week. Uh, in case he in case it falls through, I don't want to. Uh, uh, put put the man on the spot, but if all goes according to plan, uh, we'll we'll have a very fun guest next week, and he might be bringing the ten pounds of gold. Is all I'm saying oh. for that. Uh, but David, um, it's that time of the week where it's like I run out of things to say, man. Yeah, me too. Oh, I did have one extra thing to say. Oh, for sure. Uh, what is it? Uh, have you watched The Boys season one? Have I watched The Boys season one? Come on, Dave. 
all right, season two is coming out. Mm-hmm. And in the trailer for season two, mm-hmm. one of the characters is wearing a shirt I designed. Frenchie. Yeah, Frenchie's wearing an elite t-shirt, which Frenchie oh, was my favorite characters of season two. And yeah. you know what this means now, right? Is that I'm... We're canon. <laughs> What's up? We're canon in the universe. One, yeah, canon in that universe, but also I'm going to find that actor and trying to get him on the podcast. Because... Oh. To, so wear, awesome. to wear like a because that's like a deep cut wrestling shirt you know it's not much like when juan was wearing his ecw is like old school ecw t-shirt you see that and you're like yeah. oh shit this guy's a wrestling fan because it's not just like a john cena or seth Roll- nobody wears seth Rollins t-shirts but like a john cena or like a stone cold t-shirt um wow. no this is it's an elite t-shirt hell yeah someone did point it out in the pro wrestling tees vip group oh, so dude, i I saw that I popped so hard on the holy shit. That's so cool. Yeah, so I'm, I'm very much God season two can't come any sooner. I, I have prime on my uh, older PS four because, mm-hmm. um, I never log out of my ex-girlfriend's account on there and she doesn't know. And I don't think she listens to this podcast. So, uh, extra login. I'll give you one if she changed her password. So, well, you know what? Uh, she is a horrible, horrible person. So, uh, she get as much as you can. Yeah, I'm gonna get as much (laughs) as I can from that. But definitely can't wait for season two. Season two of the boys. They've already renewed it for season three, which set you know, at least in my eyes, says a lot about how good season two will be. And I, and I know I know it's different from the actual graphic novel, but there were some things you had told me about the, mm-hmm. the they're about the comics that I'm just like yeah ooh or like are they gonna bring this in and what I told you I was like I shouldn't have said that <laughs> no like listen I've just nonstop been thinking about that and I'm very much someone where uh, spoilers don't really affect me yeah in the sense that I understand that the way the this current currently things work with just people spoiling things left and right like it's it's unavoidable and you can either let it ruin you know ruin your day or kind of just like oh fuck yeah that sounds cool and i tend i try to for the most part go about that way where like oh fuck yeah that sounds cool because like you shouldn't let things little things like that ruin your day but nonetheless uh super excited for season two of the boys um if you haven't seen season one go back and rewatch it it's it's amazing same thing with umbrella academy like both of those yeah they're not they're not just like your typical superhero anything they very much have uh they take they have their own specific take on it very much in the sense of like how watchmen was kind of uh there was a lot of social commentary in that it's the same thing with both of these and trust me there listen there's a scene in season one of the boys with homelander holy shit is all i'm gonna say that that's that scene on the airplane like i talk about that i talk about that nonstop to people who have seen the show or who like oh i just saw it i'm like have you fucking seen that scene with homelander on the airplane and so good yeah well like clearly we love Watchmen. We're, we're, we're almost a Watchmen podcast, but like the show, the boys is like, so in line with the spirits of what Watchmen was, uh, when it came out, it's this total deconstruction of what superheroes are and what they mean to us and what they mean to each other. 
Um, it's like a modern, it's almost like a modern retelling or like a reskinning of uh, Watchmen. So like clearly we love it, but like I definitely feel like we're in some kind of weird extra golden age of TV. Um, it used to be like all the HBO stuff, like Sopranos, Oz, and then you have like The Wire, and then you know all these great TV shows. And then now we have the Netflix era where Netflix is just crushing it, and th- and then Amazon is crushing it, and like it's an embarrassment of riches. And so um, I can't I can't wait to see season two of of the boys, especially since we're technically canon now in the world. And uh, yeah. It's going to be great. And with that, I have a lot of stuff to say. <laughs> uh, well, I was just going to very quickly, before I run out of things to say, season four of Fargo is also coming out, and Chris Rock is in it, so I cannot wait for that. If any of you have not seen season four yet, go, go or see any of the seasons of Fargo. Season one is fucking awesome. Season two, just as great. Season three is Carrie Coon from The Leftovers just like it's it's such an amazing show like you mentioned it's it's an almost there's so many to choose from you know and like if you're bored right now during quarantine don't have anything to do uh your boys here at the pwt cast are, are more than happy to recommend shows recommend movies to us so just hit us up and you know like i mentioned we'll be more than happy to to put you on to new shows and help you during this time to you know entertain yourself and entertain yourself yeah but david uh i got i got one more thing to say i'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) this is a super extended uh cut of my daughter this weekend um so i'm a softball dad and um this was like my my daughter's last tournament of the year and then they're kind of shutting things over because of you know coronavirus and stuff um she got injured uh she injured her ankle batting she she hit the ball it fouled and it went really hard into her ankle and her ankle was like uh really swollen this was on thursday and she's been limping around it's black and blue and on friday uh like this was the semi-final game before we went into the championships she walks up and she's had she's had home runs before like where there were errors and throwing and she made it she went up she hit this she hit this ball almost into the woods and limped all the way home. She hit it so far like they could they couldn't get to her in time. So she got this awesome ass home run. And then um later in the game, she got hit in the ankle again. And so she was out. And then it was the like the championship game. We were down. This other team was like killing us. They were like the studs of the tournament. And then uh uh we had like one inning to try and stay in it and uh Peyton's like I'll go up and bat. And everyone was like, what? And it was like out of a movie. She like limped up. <laughs> she gets to bat and she fucking, she knocked a double out and then limped all the way to second base. I was like, oh man, as a dad, you know, this may not mean anything to anyone other than me, but like, I, I was like tearing up watching this stuff. I was like, man, this is so cool. Like I love my daughter so much. This, this was like a great weekend. I, but, uh, in my head, the Rocky music was playing as like, she went up. There. Yeah. Like, there was like a, there was one game she had she got robbed of a grand slam it was bases loaded she hit it and as she was rounding third to come home to finish the grand slam the third baseman tripped her on purpose (laughs) and so like there have been moments like this where she almost got like ultimate glory and then just she got robbed of it somehow but like this one was like it was beautiful as a 
as Berto would say, it was a chef's kiss. <laughs> and it was, uh, as a parent, like those are, those are the moments you live for to like, you're always proud of your kids, but when you see them like do well like that, it's great. So. Hell yeah. Well, I know she's uh, going to be doing uh, football pretty soon. So. Like football. Yeah. So, um, so, so there'll definitely be more stories of her fucking pulling out those Rocky montages, montages and uh, winning the game for, for the whole team. Uh, but with that, Dave, uh, We'll we'll talk to all our all all our wonderful friends of the show next week uh, for the PWT cast. I've been Scrump, and this is Stank, and this is friend of the show, Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega here, friend of the show. We've run out of things to say here at the PWT cast, and so I must bid you adieu. Goodbye, and good night. Bang bang. <laughs>